Scotland's Talkin', the podcast. Hello from me, Ali Bally. A very good morning. Welcome to Scotland's Talkin'. Coming up on the programme between now and midday, were you persuaded by Boris Johnson's Valentine's Day appeal for us all to kiss and make up about Brexit? It will be another year of turmoil and wrangling and feuding in which the whole country would be the loser. So let's not go there. But is it too late to heal the rift between the Leavers and the Remainers? Some of our politicians have been getting together with trade union and religious leaders to plan protests if Donald Trump ever goes through with an official visit to Scotland. I think there is widespread opposition to Donald Trump and the political values he stands for being given the red carpet treatment in Scotland. But is it time for demonstration or diplomacy? I've got a question also for parents. When would you give your child their first mobile phone? A survey shows one in ten six-year-olds in Scotland have got a smartphone. I do wonder what a child of six or under really needs a smartphone for, really, considering how much they cost. A lot of mums and dads think nothing of spending £500 on one. And at the same time, in another study, there's a claim that poverty among working families is up 60% in recent years. Michelle from our own Cash for Kids charity says they're handing out money just so some children can eat. It is completely heartbreaking because quite often these are working parents who can't afford just the basics for their kids. You're listening to Scotland's Talkin', the podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Scotland's Talkin'. I'm Ali Bally, good to have your company. And as I said, on the agenda today, we'll be talking about phones uh, for kids. When is the right time? I mean, you know, I've got a couple of grandkids and, you know, they they, they can lift a phone and make it do things I can't. <laughs> you can get in there, even using, the, you know, how did you manage to get that switched on? Uh, yeah, so people are pay- paying £500 for smartphones for kids age six. Amazing. Right, so we'll be talking about that a bit a little bit later. Also, is Trump welcome in Scotland? But we're starting off with Brexit today. Uh, and again, going back to Boris Johnson, uh, Valentine plea for us all to kiss and make up about Brexit. Can we? Brexit is about re-engaging this country with its global identity and all the energy that can flow from that. And I absolutely refuse to accept the suggestion that it is some un-British spasm of bad manners. It's not some great V sign from the cliffs of Dover. The Foreign Secretary has kicked off a government charm offensive. You can expect a few more from government ministers uh, towards the so-called Remainers with a speech to the policy exchange. In some cases, alas, I detect a hardening of the mood and a deepening of the anger. I fear that some people are becoming ever more determined to stop Brexit, to reverse the referendum vote of June the 23rd, 2016, and to frustrate the will of the people. I believe that would be a disastrous mistake that would lead to permanent and ineradicable feelings of betrayal. We cannot and will not let it happen. But if we are to carry this project through to national success, as we must, then we must also reach out to those who still have anxieties. So do you still have anxieties? Did you vote yes to leave but now wish you hadn't? Or the other way around, could could you be changed your mind? You know, could could somebody come along and say, well, if if should we do it again? Like some politicians are saying, now we know or when we know what it's all about, we should do it again. 
did we go in sort of blindish on it here? Can the divisions between Leavers and Remainers be healed? Boris set out why he thinks we've got to draw a line under the debate about whether or not to leave the, the, uh, the EU. More people voted uh, for Brexit than have ever voted for anything in the history of this country. And I just say in all candour, if there were to be a second vote, I really think it would be another year of uh, turmoil and wrangling and feuding in which the whole country would be the loser. So let's not go there. Let's instead unite about what we all believe in. An outward-looking, liberal, global future for a confident United Kingdom. Because so much of this is about confidence and, and self-belief. We love to run ourselves down. In fact, we're Olympic gold medal winners in the, national sport, in the sport of national self-deprecation. And in the current bout of brexcosis, we are missing the truth that it is our collective job to ensure that when the history books come to be written, Brexit will be seen as just the latest way in which the British bucked the trend, took the initiative and did something that responds to the real needs and opportunities that we face in the world today. Well, his speech didn't impress the SNP's foreign affairs spokesman, Stephen Gethins. What I find absolutely astonishing is that we're almost two years on from the EU referendum, and yet Boris Johnston and the others who campaigned to take us out of the European Union don't seem to know why we're leaving the European Union or what we're going to do next. And the government's own analysis, the government of which Boris Johnson is a senior minister, has been shown to tell us that their plans, or, or the little that we know about their plans, could be devastating for each and every part of the United Kingdom. I think it's time for us to come together and look at a, a compromise agreement. That's something that the Scottish Government offered well over a year ago. When it's clear that the government, and including Boris Johnson, you know, he's, he's had over two years to think about this, he was a senior member of Vote Leave, don't have a clue what they're doing, then it's up to parliamentarians from all political parties to try and reach out. It's up to the devolved administrations to reach out and try and look at compromises, like staying in the single market and staying in the customs union. Because remember, when we had the general election, in June last year, the Tory plans for a hard Brexit were firmly rejected by voters in every part of the United Kingdom, not just Scotland, in every part of the United Kingdom. We're in a parliament of minorities, and as such, and this is very normal in any European parliament, when a government doesn't have a majority, we need to try and work together, regardless of um, party lines and political divisions. And the fact that Boris Johnson is two years on appealing um, that... that, that you know, appealing for his vision of Brexit or the little that we know of it is very telling indeed about his lack of plans and preparedness. SNP's foreign affairs spokesman Stephen Gethins there, he used the words compromise. But is it possible anymore to find a compromise that most of us can agree upon? Brexit it has been going on for a couple of years and, and we hear differing stories one way or the other. Which side do you sit on? How do you see it panning out now. We're getting all these, you know, the, those who want to throw the scare stories in that the economy is going to take a dive and all get ready for it, you know, and batten down the hatches. 
And then there are those, I spoke to a businessman who exports from Scotland, and he says, you know, it's just going to be a nightmare if I have to go back to um, uh, the, 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 the duties that I've got to pay on them and trying to get my goods over. He says, you know, the, the carrier comes in, he picks up the goods and they take them away. It's great. He says, but I've got to go back to all that. It's just going to cut me down and put my prices up. So what's your thoughts? Here's the number, 033 2020 401. It's your opportunity every Sunday morning to get it off your chest. Tell us what you're thinking about the subjects we're talking about. We're also going to be doing any other business a little later on because we've neglected that over the last couple of weeks because we've been busy towards the end of the show. So we'll do that. So that's, that's coming up later. But uh, on Brexit, what, where do you stand now? And, and have you got an answer? Because the politicians don't seem to have one. Yeah, oh yeah, they've got their answer. But is it the correct one? You know, they, they, they take... I look at things and you get the SNP saying this is the way to do it and, and the Tories, no, 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 we're going to do it our way and uh, Theresa May's going to go out there and she's going to upset a few people and then Boris will go out and he'll upset a few more and then and Labour, well, I don't know where they are with it. Um, so do you? Here's the number again. treble three twenty twenty. 401. If you've got a comment, then we'd love to hear from you. It's all about Scotland's talking. You can, of course, send me an email, but it is a talking, so I'd like you to get on the phones. Email is ali at thegreatesthits.co.uk, and you can send your comments on a text. The text number is 61054. Start your message with Ali. 16 and a half minutes now after 10. We're going to Joseph on the lines in a few seconds' time. Joseph, there he is. He's there now. How are you doing, Joseph? Good morning, Ali. Lovely fresh morning. It is indeed, yes. Right, yeah. so is it fresh as far as Brexit is concerned? Ali, Scottish nationalists should go in and do something proper for Scotland. Steady, get in these squabbles with uh, the British government. They won't win nothing because they don't do nothing for us in, in Westminster. They get laughed and ridiculed every time they open their mouth. And they're going on, going on to subjects. It's, it's, it's terrible. Our country's in a bit of a mess now. We're still getting Scotland on its feet. Stop squadron and let's find out if we get a good deal. So they say, no, we won't get a good deal. How do they know we won't get a good deal? Did you, did, it happens. did you vote to stay or leave? Leave. Uh, I, I was a Scottish nationalist, but I'm just sick of them now. And I voted to leave. Right. I wasn't quite sure where you're sitting there. So you're saying that... I'm not quite sure what you're saying there. The SNP should go in and get a deal. How can they get a deal? when? No, I said... I said SSMP should think about their own country and, and wait till the deal happens and then, then they put in. But they are, they they are thinking of their own country. They're, not that, they're the one party that does think of their own country. Well, I don't think they're doing enough for Scotland because they seem to seem to be get, uh, they don't get anywhere, as far as I'm concerned. In the last 10 years, I've done nothing for Scotland. Every time, even, even really? if anything comes up... Really? It, it, it's, 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 it never comes forward. They, they mention things, but the thing doesn't go the way it should go, go for the country. And I think uh, they, they want to... Uh, remain, this is where it's going to cost billions of pounds. You, you can't just walk into Europe after we, uh, if they, they did get the Brexit. No, that's, that's what I thought you were saying initially. You thought, I thought you were saying that they should just march in there and demand a deal for No, Scotland. no. They, they, so Ali, you think you should butt out then? No, but I but try and get round about it to see if it's going to happen and then find out if it's going to be good for us or not. But, they, but our country just can't just walk into Europe. You've got to have money behind you and they'll Treble the things that they think they're going to get a deal with time in Europe. They don't get a deal. Europe tells Scotland what to do in, 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 in the deals. Scotland doesn't get the deals that way. They've got to comprise with them, you know. 
Right, okay, a bit of a confused message there for me, from you, because um, I'm not quite sure where you're going with it, but uh, oh, interesting that you say you were an SNP supporter. Wh what's happened then? Have well, I've just seen the, just seen the way that the country's gone, the cities have gone, they're in a terrible mess, Ali. Nothing's getting done, money's not getting put forward for the mess of our city, transport, cleansing, you name it, Ali. It's in a total mess. Glasgow is a dump now. Is that, not, is that not going to do with your Glasgow Council, though? No, but I'm saying that the way Scottish Nationalists and the Parliament is doing, they're in charge of Glasgow now and haven't done mm -hmm. nothing since the full year they've been in Glasgow. And they're, they're not concentrating on the right things about Scotland, Ali. Okay, right. What are the three things that you would ask the SNP leadership to concentrate on from tomorrow morning? Concentrate on the Brexit and see what happens when, it, when they get through there and then... See if they, they can get a deal through the British government to, to continue Scotland and all in that. But if they break away, Ali, we're we're going to be in a lot of trouble, you know. So you're asking Scotland. them to. Co I'm I'm sorry, but you're you're confusing me. You're asking them to concentrate on Brexit, but you're telling them to butt out a little bit. So no, what I'm saying is wait, wait, wait right? Deal. Okay, but if you're saying just going away from Brexit for a second, just for a second, there, Joseph, just interested right. in your 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 thoughts here. If if you say that the SNP. In your opinion, you voted for them as in the Scottish Parliament, uh, but you're disappointed, and your comment was in 10 years they've done nothing for this country. Mm. Tomorrow morning, if Nicola Sturgeon is listening to this programme right now, tomorrow morning, what would you have her go in to her office and tackle? What is the top priority, in your opinion, that they are not dealing with that they should be for the people of Scotland? The future of Scotland lies in their hands, Ali. What one, thing, what one thing would you have her attack, though? Is it health? Is it education? Is it housing? What is it? It's health in this country is the most important thing because the money they're throwing into the, the national health has gone right down the drain, Ali, as far as I'm concerned. You know what I mean? They haven't a clue because they're just throwing money in all the time saying, oh, we're better in England. They shouldn't be saying that we're better in England. I know, I know. They've said that a couple of times when they've been on this programme, various SNP ministers, and I, I dislike it as well. Look, but compared to England, never mind compared to England, you're running Scotland. Stop comparing things to England. That's what, I, that's what gets me, Ali. It gets down my throat. It, it's nothing to do with what happens in Scotland. It's Scotland's uh, business, and that's the way they should be sorting out our troubles, Ali, with within the Brexit side of it. Not keep blaming England all the time for all our, they're worse than us in the national health and in education and all that and housing. If we're, supposed, if we're that good, why is the country in the trouble we've got now, Ali? OK, Joseph, thank you very much indeed for your call. Good to get uh, okay, the conversation off and running. Thanks. Uh, as I say, he went to Brexit into the running of Scotland. Uh, but he's right, you know, a couple of times I've had um, uh, ministers and members of the SNP uh, on the show. And, and uh, Well, compared to England, never mind, get running Scotland. Or let's be clear, that's their other favourite one. Let's be clear about this. No, you're not being clear at all. Uh, 22 minutes after 10, here's that number, 033-2020-401. Brexit. Uh, do you think Boris Johnson has a hope in... Uh, it was interesting, actually, <laughs> that they're going to roll out from my understanding, anyway, uh, they're going to roll out many um, uh, cabinet ministers. Uh, the Conservative Party are going to roll out more of them, and they will be telling us why we should be getting behind them, just like, like Boris there. I wonder why Boris got to be first. <laughs> did he bully his way through it? You'll have a listen to me. Yeah, but, but, did we believe you the last time? 
Anyway, interesting comments from him if you would like to, to comment. Where do you think we're going with Brexit? We haven't discussed Brexit, Brexit on the programme uh, for a number of months. And I, and I, 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 I hold my hand up for that because I, I sometimes say, I think our listeners are fed up with Brexit. They just want this sorted out. Scotland's Talking, the podcast. Uh, David, thank you very much indeed for your uh, text that comes in. And he says, re-Brexit. Yes, indeed. That's what we're talking about at the moment, Brexit. And uh, can Boris bring us all together again with his Valentine's Day speech? David says, no, we should just sit back and let the politicians get on with it. They're making a big enough mess. At the end of the day, we are the ones that will be left to... to um, pick about and uh, clean up. There'll be uh, another government that will come in and take over, etc. All right, David says, leave the politicians to get on with it. David also says, I would like your listeners' thoughts on a bit of a quandary that I'm in, and no doubt some others are as well. He says, regarding the Oxfam scandal, I give regularly to Oxfam and a few other charities, and I'm now sitting thinking, do I or do I not continue the monthly amount of money that I give? I mean, I knew that I was giving to uh, a, a chief executive and those in the management of that charity who had large salaries, but I was in the hope that something would get to help those people that you see so often on the appeals on television. Now I am tempted to cancel until they get it all sorted out. What do you think? I think it's going with your own conscience, David, really. Um, I, you know, it's, I'm very much... One that, uh, and I've said before, the amount of money that we in this country send abroad for so-called foreign aid is obscene. It is absolutely obscene, particularly when we come to what we'll be talking about a little later on, and that's child poverty in Scotland. I think we send far too much abroad that doesn't get to where we would like it to go or where the government think. I mean, you know, we've government civil servants in all these countries, and, you know, that's, it's, it's just it's wrong. That's, that's just my opinion, though. No. What do you think? There's another subject you can throw in. David, thank you for that. Oxfam, will you stop giving if you have been giving, or do you not give at all? What would you, be your piece of advice to David, who gives monthly, but now is now sitting wondering, should I be cancelling or not? O treble three twenty twenty four o one is the phone number if you'd like to comment on that. Uh, Jennifer is in Aaron. Hello, Jennifer. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm very well. And yourself? Tickety-boo. <coughs> now, what would you like to talk about? Well, what it is, you mentioned the magic word called Brexit. Oh, right. And, and I write poetry because it's a very long, boring winter on our... I would imagine so, yes. So yes. this is a wee kind of tongue-in-cheek Brexit poem. I don't know if you'd be interested or not, but for me it says it all about Brexit. Go on, then. Are you sure? I, yeah. It's not, it's not going to take me through till midday, is it? No, you're fine. All right, OK. Go All on. right. Brexit, flipping Brexit. I've got the Brexit blues. Aliens could have landed, but there's only Brexit on the news. For three years now, we've heard their speeches, put up with useless patter, the hapless and the hopeless talking stuff that doesn't matter. Mr Cameron was certain that Britain wouldn't leave, so he ordered a referendum with a trump card up his sleeve. He wanted to rule the union, be the man in charge, but his efforts were undermined by a wee man called Farage. The majority of Britain actually called his bluff. Of European politicians, they had simply had enough. Out went David and chaos ruled, and in came Theresa May. 
the rest they say is history, but it's still going on today. We've got years to go of Brexit, I've really had enough. Boring, tedious talking makes listening very tough. Just when you think they've got a plan that makes for a happy exit, along comes some other master plan that absolutely wrecks it. Thank God for the Winter Olympics, I've got something else to do. There's no Brexit in Korea, so it's safe enough to view. I've given up on politics, they really are so boring. My interest is so fired up, I just end up by snoring. That's it. <laughs> Very good. You, you obviously don't have a lot of things to do at night. <laughs> no, really, no. <laughs> Wherever I go, people are like, oh, not again. I mean, it's like yeah. you turn the TV over, you just, it's too much. Mm-hmm. It really is. It and is. as for dear old Boris, well, I'm sorry, you've heard the poem. He could have been talking the Greek alphabet. People just don't listen anymore. I just wonder, you know, Boris still has this, and when you read some of the uh, the press that I read just to, to keep my mind on the other side of the world, you know, just to see what else is going on. Um, <laughs> there are still those who still think that he's a great possibility of being the next Prime Minister. Well, it couldn't be any worse than the one we've got, to be honest. She's not doing anything, is she? (laughs) (laughs) Poor woman. No, 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 no. no. But I thought it might add a bit of light relief to to stop people turning their radios off. It's like a key word, Brexit, change channels. Right, OK, don't say any more just in case anybody else goes. Right, right. (laughs) Jennifer, enjoy the rest of your day on Aaron, all right? Oh, thank Thank you you very very much. much. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Uh, so there's Jennifer with her bit of poetry um, to, towards uh, Brexit. OK, we'll, we've been talking there about Boris Johnson and also I'd like to talk about, talking about Arne and, and Ayrshire there. Uh, Mr Trump, of course, has uh, business interests in Ayrshire. Does, should that stop him or he sh- should he be welcomed to this country? There are some that are saying they're going to protest if he arrives. Find out more in a moment. You're listening to Scotland's Talkin', the podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Scotland's Talkin'. Cast your minds back to January 2017 when the Prime Minister was dashing across the Atlantic to the White House, hoping the UK would be the first country to be graced with a visit by the new President of the United States. The invitation is an indication of the strength and importance of the special relationship that exists between our two countries, a relationship based on the bonds of history, of family, kinship and common interests. And in a further sign of the importance of that relationship, I have today been able to convey Her Majesty the Queen's hope that President Trump and the First Lady would pay a state visit to the United Kingdom later this year, and I'm delighted that the President has accepted that invitation. Well, a year on and there's still no sign of the Donald turning up for a sleepover at Buck Palace any time soon. But that's not enough for people who don't have any time for Mr Trump. During the last week, politicians, religious leaders and trade unions came together to discuss the best way to protest if he does decide to take up Theresa May on the offer of a state visit this year. And should that trip take in north of the border? Well, it was called by the new Scottish Labour leader, Richard Leonard. It was a very constructive meeting because I think there is widespread opposition to Donald Trump and the political values he stands for 
uh, been given the red carpet treatment in Scotland. So we call together faith groups, uh, trade unions. There's an already existing Scotland Against Trump organisation who were represented here. The latest word from Mr Trump on this a few weeks ago was that he would love to visit the UK and does not care about the prospect of protests. Wouldn't imagine it would bother him one little bit. Although it has been suggested it's now more likely to be a working visit than a full-on state visit. Mr Trump told Piers Morgan in a TV interview, The real me is somebody that loves Britain, loves the UK and I love Scotland. One of the biggest problems I have in winning, I won't be able to get back there so often. And he's still spending a lot of time playing golf as president. Perhaps he might want to drop in on his courses at Turnberry or many for a round while he's there. But what do you think about the prospects of protests? And should the leader of one of the main parties at Holyrood be getting involved in organising them? Is that really his job? Or should he be holding his nose and behaving in a business-like way with the leader of the UK's main ally? So here we've got Richard Leonard saying he's leading a protest against the President of the United States of America possibly coming to Scotland. It's, it's, as I say again, is that really his job? Not only that, he's holding a protest against a, a man, whether you like him or loathe him, it doesn't matter. He has two... Very, that I know of, just two businesses, he may have more, that he's involved financially in, in Scotland. Which means that people working in them, Scots, require, you know, they, 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 they're depending on the President of the United States on their livelihood. Because he owns Trump and he owns many golf courses. You know, it's, it's, you see what I'm saying? He's responsible for bringing money into the country. So should the leader of one of the main opposition parties in Scotland be saying, no, you're not welcome here, standing up? Surely, you know, I mean, I, I personally, if I watch Donald Trump on the television, I don't like him very much. Do you? I mean, he just doesn't come across well. He's, 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 to me, he's not a genuine person. Pain in the backside, but it doesn't mean, you know, that I wouldn't say, well, if he wants to come and visit Scotland, then that's great. That's, that's entitled up to him. He might bring some more jobs here. Surely we shouldn't have someone from one of the main political parties, uh, the new leader of the Labour Party, Richard Leonard, standing up and saying, no, I'm going to protest. What are your thoughts? Should protests be held? Scotland's Talking, the podcast. Tommy. Good morning to you. Morning. 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 Tommy, what's your comments then? Uh, just my comment and Trump a bit general. I, I mean... Uh... I find it difficult to believe the hysteria that gets swept up about Donald Trump. I think, as, as he would might say himself, it's kind of mostly fake news. Um, I, I mean, I think for the Labour leader, our, you know, government, to be talking the way he's talking is an absolute disgrace, particularly as the leader of his own party has some dodgy links with some real dodgy characters. Right. Uh, I mean, we could go into that, but I, I just think it's completely out of place, and it's a, absolutely... A, Actually, a shame on our country, I think. Yeah, I, I think that to be um, newly elected Labour leader in Scotland, um, yeah, he's got to get himself some publicity because the majority of Scots are still are saying Richard who. Um, so, you know, he, he's looking for headlines here, but I would have thought there's many things on his own doorstep in Scotland that could be addressed without worrying about the President of the United States coming to Scotland. 
I mean, absolutely. And I think it's actually an insult to an insult to America. It's an insult to Scotland as well. Um, I, I mean, he's not exactly elaborating what values or whatever it is that's so egregious that we have to get onto the streets for the placards and protests and mainly aside the fact that he employs people and he's probably actually doing quite a good job in America. Um, lay all that aside, what, what is it exactly that you, you want us to get out in the streets about? OK, Tommy, thank you for posing that question. Keep them coming in. Tommy's asking uh, the, the leader of the Labour Party, is called, what exactly? Here's the question. What exactly do you want us to protest about? You're listening to Scotland's Talkin', the podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Scotland's Talkin'. There's been a stark reminder in recent days about the reality of the haves and have-nots in Scottish society. I'd like you to consider these two sets of statistics relating to the lives that children in Scotland lead. Now, on one hand, we've got the TUC saying the number of kids living in poverty, where at least one of the parents works in the public sector, is rising faster in Scotland than anywhere else in the UK. They claim the figure's gone up by 60% since uh, 2010. Now, Michelle Ferguson manages our Cash for Kids charity in the northeast of Scotland and told our reporter Phil MacDonald how they're seeing that firsthand every day the, 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 the whole situation of people running out of money and looking for money just, just to keep themselves going. Here's Michelle. We're seeing a huge increase in the amount of um, people applying for money from Cash for Kids. Um, over the Christmas period, we helped over 8,000 children. And yesterday, we just granted out over £56,000 in grants. We're seeing um, a huge increase in demand for help. It's not just limited to here. It's definitely a Scotland-wide and, I suppose, a UK-wide problem, isn't it? Yes, we're seeing it. Cash for kids throughout throughout the country are seeing the same increase in demand. Over fifty six thousand yesterday. You say that's one of the biggest days in a while. Uh, what sort of things is that being spent on? It's the basics. It's clothes, beds, um, carpets, um, basics for for children's bedrooms. Also, a, a couple of bits of specialist equipment for children with special needs and um, groups who've applied for um, activities over the Easter holidays and supplying food for the children over the Easter holidays. Over the last year, we have granted out over £208,000, nearly £209,000 in the year. That doesn't include our Mission Christmas appeal. OK, and when you see the rise, um, you know, with all the work that's being done, how tough is it to sort of process what's happening and then why it's happening? It must be quite heartbreaking. It is completely heartbreaking because quite often these are working parents who can't afford just the basics for their kids and the increase in the use of food banks we're seeing as well. Um, people have actually applied this time for us to help them out with food um, and that's pretty new to us. Helping out just for food. Now compare that to another piece of research which came out this week which found that one in ten under six-year-olds in Scotland has a smartphone and that most parents who buy them for their kids are prepared to pay up to £500 for one. Once they've got them, they spend up to four hours a day on the devices. And Gwen from Netmums uh, gave her reaction to the findings of the survey to Colin Stone for Scotland's Talking. I find that figure quite high, quite surprisingly high, um, as I do wonder what 
um, a child of six or under really needs a smartphone for, really, um, considering how much they cost. And it's not like they can um, have conversations with their friends that easily. So in that case, it would seem the youngsters are perhaps using the phones for games or or apps online. Uh, What's the dangers with younger children using those things unsupervised? Funnily enough, um, I have a five-year-old and he's very recently been asking for a a phone um, purely because his best friend at school has a phone. And I've been wondering about, I was going to ask her mum why she what she actually uses a phone for but i'm assuming it's to play games um i think it's quite it, children that young um don't really understand the sort of dangers of social media i mean they and i think the important thing is that parents need to make sure they learn about and use all the parental controls available when it comes to apps and you know, keep an eye on the phone to, to make sure that their child is using it just for playing the more innocuous, so hopefully educational at times games. Um, and you know, and just parents should just make sure that if they they are going to give a young child a phone, that you know they limit their use of it and. Also, and you know, don't don't do things like don't let them go to sleep with the phone in their room, for example. And and some of this research has found that 90% of, of children in Scotland are spending up to four hours every day on their phones. Is this the new normal? Is this just what society is now? I think it's hard these days because children just have so much access to screens. Uh, they've got the computers, the TV, the games consoles, and then now you've got the phones. And... You know, they they grow up with so much technology around them, and there's all talk about digital natives, and you know, you might think that this is what being growing up in this day and age is about, but you know if they're spending four hours on their phone, an hour a day on watching TV or more, um, you know where what's the, where's the time for reading or playing outside with their friends? Um, you know there's lots of things that they could be doing in those four hours. Um, so it's a little worrying that they're spending so much on them. So what does all that tell you about Scottish society in 2018? What does it say about our attitude to how we raise our families? On one hand, we've got Cash for Kids charity, uh, Michelle, saying there that they, they are supplying money now for the first time for food for children over the Easter period when they're not in school and not getting a daily meal uh, from, from supply to them at school. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's something that's it's not that new. I mean, I, I've been involved in Cash for Kids um, charity uh, for many years and you know I, I, I even sitting at some of the applications I think Jinx is that how people are living and it's, it's great to be in that position that you can uh, give money to people and, and it's great that it's, it's your money because it's cash for kids and, and you're helping raise it um, but on the other hand here we're, we're sitting talking about giving six year old smartphones and parents being willing to pay up to £500 for them two different societies in Scotland. So I'd ask, um, first of all, what is the right age, do you think, to give uh, a kid a phone? 
as I say, I understand from watching uh, my own grandchildren, three and four, looking at them, um, you know, <laughs> pinching my phone at my pocket, and away they go. Photographs taken. You look at the photographs after, uh, particularly one of them's gone. After she's gone, you've got 400 photographs taken around the house. Quite good ones as well. But uh, it's so, you know, when is the right age to give them a phone? And, and £500 for a smartphone? One in ten parents in Scotland are doing that. Are you one of them? Why? Why? Why did you feel that they needed a smartphone? Do let me know. I'm interested. If you've got 500 quid to spend, great. But is that the right way to spend it? So that's one question. The other question on uh, children in poverty for me is, I was chatting about this to a gentleman this week. I shall remain nameless. You wouldn't know him anyway. Well, you might do. But he's got fairly strong opinions about various things, and um, he's, he's uh, all right. He's, he's comfortable. He's okay. But he said to me, there is no such thing as a child living in poverty in Scotland these days. And I thought, hmm, right, okay. So is he living with his head in the sand and just listening to his own voice? Or does he have a point? He said, no, no, when you go back to, to the 50s when they were living, uh, you know, and didn't know where their next meal was coming and living with outside toilets, he said, that's poverty. He said, not what they call poverty today. And yet we have Michelle from our Cash for Kids saying that they're granting money for children who are, are not, you know, don't have any food over the Easter period. And that takes me back. I know I've told this story before. I'm going to tell it again, just in case you missed it, because it's relevant here to to the um, two sisters. And this is a true story. And this comes about with Cash for Kids. Uh, A couple of sisters running into a McDonald's and pinching the little tubs of um, tomato ketchup, right? Running out the door again. Anyway, it was brought to the attention of the school by the uh, McDonald's staff saying, look, there may be something going on here, but they keep coming in and taking half a dozen away to go. And when they were asked, the oldest sister said, you know, you're not in any trouble, but just tell us what, what you're doing. And she was taking these because the school holidays were coming up, seven weeks. And she said, mum and dad don't have any money for food and we won't be at school. So I take these and put hot water on them and it makes tomato soup. So, you know. That's that's a true story. So it, there we have that story. And then on the other hand, we have somebody saying there is no such thing as child poverty in Scotland. What are your thoughts? Oh, treble three twenty twenty four oh one. Um, and of course, the text number is six one oh five four. Start your message with Ali. Hashtag Scotland's talking. That's us. If you're a twit. Andrews in Fraserborough. Good morning, Ali. How's the broch today then? Oh, just, just, and it's good for winter, but it's quite a nice day, really. It has been a bad winter so far, Ali. I, I haven't said that. I escaped to the Philippines for the whole of January, practically, so... Really? Yes, I went over there to meet a young lady that I'd befriended, Ali. So, I had a great adventure, but, you know, you talk about poverty, Ali. My God, I was approached by beggars every day, Ali, when I was over there, and... You know, there's no benefits there, Ali. There's nothing if, you know, if you don't work, you don't eat. Mm -hmm. That's the bottom line there. And, you know, it kind of makes a mockery of the the poverty we keep hearing about in this country. I dare say, you know, there are pockets of poverty all over the UK due to poor wages and, you know, single parents. And But, 
But here, here we are, though. Just stop there for a second, Andrew. Yes. Here we are, Michelle, who runs the Cash for Kids charity uh, up in the, the northeast there. She's talking about being asked this year, and more, you know, they, they helped some 8,000 kids just recently, £56,000 being given out for clothes, for bedding. There are kids who will be in your, on your doorstep. They'll be in Fraserborough. There will be people in Fraserborough who are sleeping three or four to a bed who don't know that, that where the kids' next meal's coming from. Do you not accept that? There, there will be that. I quite accept it, Ali. The, the bottom line is, you know, I've got to question maybe the, the, the kind of mental ability, if you like, of some of the parents that keep bringing kids into this world, Ali, without any imagination or means to bring these kids up. So that point was made to me in the Philippines by many people as well. Why do they keep having kids, Ali, when they can't afford to keep the ones they've got? And then, of course, you get the the other side of it that will say, well, the kids that come into this world and that are living next door to you, why should they suffer because of the actions of their parents? Well, that's the other side of the coin. You, you know, you may be at a stage sometimes, Ali, it seems cruel, but if parents are simply failing to do the job, you know, of being parents, then do you have to look at taking some of the kids into care? I don't know. You can't afford to do that to all of them. But there's no denying a lot of the problems we have in society today are created by the people themselves. And I think your friend that said there's no real poverty, compared to some of the situations I've seen, then he's probably right, Ali. But, you know, it's down to how many of these parents are buying 20 fags a day, Ali? Uh-huh. You know, how many of them are buying scratch cards when I see them in the corner shop, you know, along with their, their poor management of money? So it's not all the state's fault, Ali, and nobody tells you it's not a right to go out and, you know, pop out children, Ali, I'm afraid. And the feckless fathers of these kids should also be brought to task in many cases as well. Although, frankly, they're about as much use as a handbrake and a canoe, most of them, Ali. You know, so that's what you're up against, I'm afraid. It's sub-intelligence in many cases, Ali, and not much of a clue how to do the job. Yep, 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 got it. Uh, you also wanted to talk about Trump, I believe. Yeah, I mean, again, he'll be afforded this uh, full state regalia, Ali. We all know that. And, I mean, he's never done me any harm or any of us here. If anything, the reality is, under his leadership, America's economy is doing quite well, I believe, Ali. Is that correct? Well, you know, when he keeps coming out with things that, uh, you know, he's bringing laws and various things into the country, into America, I keep looking back and I can't help but saying, but he said he was going to do that. You know, that's what he was elected on. He said, if I'm elected, I will do this, I will do this, and I will do that, in his style that he does. And that's what he's doing. And America and Americans seem to be enjoying what he's doing. Yeah, well, exactly. I would imagine, despite the, the lefty press and the lefty sort of streak in our own politics here in Scotland, that's who's driving the hatred against him, let's face it. The, um, I would say the American people, by and large, like what he's doing. You're right. So... Bring it on. If he wants to come here, he'll be afforded the state sort of present. Ali, we had Dwight D. Eisenhower over here when he was president of America. He threatened to bankrupt this blooming country over the Suez crisis at the time. So, you know, the folk now have got a hair-trigger sense of outrage in our country at times. Yeah, but, you know, I, I do come back to the fact, and again, sitting on your doorstep, he is an employer 
as well as being president yeah. of the United States, he's an employer in Scotland, which yeah, we well, should not forget. Two big hotels here, Ali, and I dare say a lot of the folk who work at Balmeri, which is not far from me, will enjoy working there, you know, and enjoy the wages and the convenience of travelling out from Aberdeen, which is 20 minutes away. So you're right. And I mean, you know, he's probably turned a lot of these sites into to reasonably... I'm not going to get involved in the, the, the eco-argument about Balmeri in particular, Ali. And I dare say there are folk... Is it Tunbury's other one? Yes, yeah. Yeah, there'll be folk there who will have an axe to grind about what he's done there. But, you know, is he any worse than Blogs the Builder who sort of bought a nice hotel alley in various parts of Scotland and gets on with it? You know, they're employing people, and God knows in this country now, jobs are like gold dust, alley. Absolutely, yeah. OK, Andrew, good to hear from you again. Thank you very much indeed. Let's go to, from Fraserburgh to Pennycook. Josephine, how are you this morning? Good morning, Ali. I'm I'm quite good this morning, actually. Good, right. Three quick points, Ali. Yep. Regarding Donald Trump, I personally think the man is a dangerous man and a buffoon. I wouldn't even go to say hello to him in the back garden. But he's entitled to come here, and if people aren't happy, then he go in the streets, then he wave these, because, you know, the car journey and all that. We've got a choice. If he comes and there's nobody on the streets, they'll get the bloody message. But if there's nobody on the streets protesting, what message is he going to get? I, got... I'm not saying you should get out there and, and cheer and flags. I don't think that's necessary, but uh, I'm, I'm not convinced that um, protests on the streets with placards is going to achieve anything at all. I mean, what, what happens then, you know, when, when people from Scotland go to America on holiday, as, as people do, then the Americans hear that, oh, when their president arrived in Scotland, people were protesting. Well, that's going to give them an attitude against those from Scotland, is it not? Ali, I wasn't meaning that kind of protest with black flackers and all that. But that's what's being aye. called for. Oh, aye, but I think that's dreadful. Right. All I would say is, the silent treatment, if you didn't want to be seen, then you go. And he'll notice, well, I've not got a big audience, you came what I mean? But no placards, no nothing like that, Ali. Right, right, OK, so just don't, don't go out in the streets at Didn't all. Didn't you go? If you're right. not interested, didn't you go? Well, I wouldn't go out in the street to see him. No, neither <laughs> would that. No, just... but I wouldn't, equally so, I wouldn't be standing with a placard either. No, but I think he's entitled, like if I was walking along the road and his cars were passing, I wouldn't wave, I wouldn't smile, I would just walk on and get on with my day. And then he'd go and get on with us as well, Joseph. Well, it, yes. Indeed. Now, I've got another two quick points, right? Very, very quickly then, on you right. Mobile phones. Yes. If I was rearing a family now, Ali, I would have a basic phone. If they were out playing or, and I couldn't see them, by all means, yes. But they should treat the mobile phones like bikes. When you were wee, you had a three-wheeler. You progressed to a two-wheeler. And it should be like that. Definitely a basic phone that they can get help if they need it. At what age? Ali, I, ca I can't say that because I don't care much about the youngins now. OK, right. The other thing is, Nicola, tomorrow, what we really need is young people getting encouraged to go into apprenticeships, school leavers saying, I'm going to be a nurse or whatever, make their jobs attractive, more apprenticeships. That's what we're needing. Never mind the nurseries and all that for the parents, although I do agree with them. I'm worrying about the youth alley. Right. I, the youth of the towns are the future of the towns. 
And do you think they've been neglected? Without a doubt. Without a doubt, Ali. You, I think we've spoke before, Ali. I was involved with a youth group. Where do the other kids go at night, Ali? Mm-hmm. Not a damn town got anything for them. We had dancing, we had cafes. You came what I mean? They go into undesirable houses. That's where they go. Because nobody, nobody likes to be on the street on a cold, wet, windy night. But they, it's no healthy for them to stay in the house. Scotland's Talking, the podcast. Let's uh, just catch up with what's happening on social media. Uh, Souls joined us. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Yes, I'm all right. Ali. How are you? I'm good. Did you have a good weekend for your birthday last week? Yes, yes it was yes. my birthday. Is that new car out there a present or did you buy it yourself? Present. Present? Uh, yes, a present. Lucky. Who gave you that then? My mum and dad. Your mum and dad? My mum and dad. Very nice. <laughs> It'd be great when they supply some tyres and seats for it as well. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, right, let's see what they've been saying to the various subjects that we've got. You can kick off. Who you got for? We'll start with Jonathan on Brexit. He says, I don't think Leavers and Remainers will kiss and make up in the short term because the media keeps on demonising those who voted Leave while giving leeway to those who favour the EU. Okay, and one on phones from Xander, uh, no, Simon, yeah, is it Xander Simon or Simon? I think he's got his surname first. Oh, right, right, okay, so we'll call him Simon then. Simon's been in touch, he thinks children should be given a phone once they're in high school. Right, okay, uh, next one. We'll move on to Trump, we've got one here. Scotland should be honoured if the President of the USA visited Scotland we should welcome him with open arms and try to create jobs and wealth with the American trade. Right, agree with that, yes. Uh, Gillian thinks it's time for a demonstration. She thinks she should be out there with the demonstration cards. For Trump, that is, of course, right, OK. Um, another one in, as Trump is the current serving president of the USA, let him come to Scotland. He will inevitably meet people who either love him or hate him, it is called free speech after all. That's from Jonathan there. Yeah, he's, Mr Trump has that situation. He's, he's sort of that Marmite type person. You either like Definitely, him yes. or you don't. OK, and here's one from Mark. He says, uh, and this again is, I think it's uh, Trump, he's dangerous and shouldn't be allowed in our beautiful country. Definitely time for a demonstration. All right, if his own country will do nothing, the rest of the world will. Well, in his own country, he seems to be going down. OK, when, what age did you receive a mobile phone? I had my first mobile phone. It was previously my sister's. It was a flippy up. Oh yeah, it was a very it. old one. And I was in I was in primary I was in primary school, maybe primary four, primary five. So last year then. It <laughs> <laughs> seems everyone thinks that. <laughs> I said, yes, you're absolutely be fine when your voice breaks. <laughs> Twenty five minutes away from twelve. Those are some of the calls that are being and comments that have been coming in on social media. O triple three twenty twenty. 401 is the number if you'd like to join us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, of course, as always. I was saying that we lost Mark on the phones. Uh, I think I think I might be able to get him back. Let me just see. No, no, he's there at the moment, but uh, Saul's going to sort it out. So if you'd like to give a comment, then we'd love to hear from you. Those various ways. And we're talking again about uh, various ways of getting in touch. 033-2020-401. Text 61054. Start your message with Ali. An email, Ali, at the greatest hits uk and as we've been hearing quite a few coming through on Twitter as well hashtag Scotland's Talking 
just in case you've just joined us, uh, just come into the house. We've been talking about Brexit and what did you make of Boris Johnson's Valentine's Day plea for us all to kiss and make up about Brexit. Uh, some people, um, particularly the lady who came in with a poem, thinking, uh, you know, that we're all fed up of that. Trump, again, um, as we, we were talking about the Scottish Labour leader, Richard Leonard, saying he'll be out there and organising some protests if Trump does come to, to this country. To, to Scotland in particular, he'll be protesting. Um, and also, uh, we had one in from Tommy which said, what exactly do you want us to raise the placards and protest about? Mr Leonard, OK. And also talking about poverty and phones and what is the right age to get some phones. Joe, hello, Joe. Good morning, Ali. Good morning, uh, What about this? I was just listening to one of your callers. I just swapped the store and I don't get the opportunity to listen to the store that often. But I was so idea at the man that called the second last caller in when he was talking about child poverty. And he was making an assumption that every child that lives in child poverty, um, their parents are, are from broken homes or um, he sees the mums buying scratch cards in the news agents. There's people in Scotland living in poverty. They're not for broken families. They've got a mother, they've got a father. And they're working. It's the working poor and all, Ali, you need to think of as well. I've witnessed this myself a few years back there. There's a couple in my street, a couple of houses in my street where we possess these people without working or they're um, trying to provide for their family. And I think there's a lot of greedy employers getting away with far too much with the zero hours contracts and, the, you know, it, it, this minimum wage is no, it's no a living wage and... And just the expense, uh, a living, we, we get told, we were bought into this idea back in the 80s that if you want to get on life and be successful, you need to have a mortgage, you need to have a car. And a lot of people bought into this dream. Mm-hmm. And council houses and social housing was, isn't good enough. You know, you need to, to be successful, you need to buy a house. And there's not even any stability in that because you lose your job, that's you've lost your house, you've lost everything. You know, it's getting repossessed by the bank. The bank don't care. They just want their money back. And these these, these are the kids that end up homeless. And these mm-hmm. people are working, working, working. They're scrimping and scraping, you know, trying to do their best for their kids. And I've seen, like, two two families in, in the street that I used to live in. And it was so sad. They, were, they hung on to the very end. And it got to the point they were getting repossessed. And they were running around the neighbours, asking them if they would take stuff for their garden shed, look after it for them taking in the kids' toys because they just clung to the hope that the bank would maybe change their mind. And this is people yeah. that are at work now, right? And it's not just people that come from broken homes and, and single parents that are living in poverty. I don't know where this man lives or what his experience is, but I live in Glasgow and I live in East End of Glasgow. And I, I've spoke to people, you know, i talk to people where I get involved. And I can see it with my own eyes, you know, uh, the, the, the poverty that people are living in and sometimes all the generation kind of go oh they don't know poverty like my day we didn't have shoes and stuff like that as well I there are people out there that come from broken homes that live in poverty but you can't forget the working poor Ali I said if you do go to the stage as you say you, you, you push yourself and you you go and get a mortgage and you've got a house and then through no fault of your own, then you lose your job. And it might be the two of you work in the same place that, you know, closes down. So that's the two of you lost your jobs. Then then you're, 
you, you know, you can't keep up with the mortgage, and you're right. The mortgage lenders, you know, they they, they want their money back, and they kick you out, and you're back, back on your backside, aren't you? Right. The, the thing is, an odd. Look, you just need to look at what's happening up at Burnt Island at Bifab. I've been watching the news. I've been watching these men. These men are terrified. They can. They, they're worried about what's going to happen. They can't see a future. They're worried that they've all got families. They've all got mortgages. They've all got kids. You know, there's only a stone's throw away for living in poverty, um, being homeless, having their homes repossessed. And there's just not enough social housing either, Ali, for, for people when, when that does happen. No, there's not enough availability there. I mean, Scotland, I think, I'm quite, quite proud of Scotland in, in social housing. We're starting to realise now that we need to build more social housing for people. But, I mean, all these people
Graham Snow away, Gritton Roads and that. Why are these people for years and years didn't work and they seem to get one better when people are working that's, hard? But that's then going round in that vicious circle because c- councils at the moment are being forced to make cuts because of the lack of funding from central government. That's what that's what they say, and that's one that, that I understand. Right, right mate, and, you know, I'm not blaming the council. I know, I'm but... I'm blaming the, the government. The government should be the council mere money, but take well, these people on. Right, right. Well, I think it would be good just to take to keep people on that are there, never mind one council talking about 600 redundancies just to make the 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 the, the books balance. You know, meanwhile, our roads are breaking up and everything else yes, is happening. Correct. You know, yes, yes, it's the we should be giving the local councils more money. I well, totally agree with that. Let's be honest about it, mate. The money that they make off of speeding fines, the roads should be perfect in this country, the money they're making off of speeding fines and motorists. Road tax and speeding fines, you're absolutely right. Thank you very much indeed, Mark. Going to have to stop you there. Um, I'll come to John Carr in a moment. Coming up next on Scotland's Talkin', any other business. I did promise to squeeze this in this week. If there is a subject that is happening, whether it be the roads uh, where you are, is there a solution? Because the roads are, you know, I know that we talked about last week, uh, the roads in Ayrshire being a hell of a mess and the protests that are being gone. There's a petition going on, etc., etc. Um, I did the journal on the A77 down to Girvan this week and yes there were parts of the A77 that were absolutely ridiculous um, you know very large potholes but it's not just Ayrshire it's all over the place you know the roads are in a, a, a dreadful condition and yet we have a councils, some councils saying they are not up there as a priority uh, so there are many other things is there anything else that you think could be done is there something you want to get off your chest that's happening in your area let us know about it John's on the line John Good morning. Good morning, Alec. How are you, my friend? I'm fine, thank you. What's your point today, then, John? I was busy listening to your gentleman who was off to Thailand for a month, saying uh, who reckons that cell poverty in this country is mainly caused by parents who don't know what they're doing, don't know how to organise their life. Um, I would like that man to be in their shoes for a wee while with some of these parents going out and working a 40-hour week, only to get their wages to come home and work out that when they pay for their gas and their electricity and their rent and their council tax, all the demands that the government make of them, there isn't enough left for food. But he never said... Hang on a minute. He never said that that was the case with everyone. He was pointing to a particular section of society who um, you surely can't... Uh, ignore that that section does exist where, you know, they, they have kids without actually thinking about getting pregnant. They get pregnant, they have kids, and, and they, they, they're not fit parents. They do, uh, well, they, they yeah. do exist. And they do turn up in their pyjamas at superstores and buy scratch cards. So they, they exist, John. Yeah, I'm not denying it they exist, but that's the minority. Ali, it's not the majority. Accepted. The min- well... That's that's the point I'm trying to make. But if I could just make... The problem is, Ali, that we have sat in this country and working-class people have sat and their wages have never went up and have never went up and have never went up and everything round about them has trebled. Bread, milk, everything, the main stuff that we need. We are back in the 1800s, Ali, with the soup kitchens now. We call them food banks now, but that, that, that's the same name for them. Mm-hmm. 1800s, it was, it was soup kitchens, now it's food banks. They haven't changed their names. We have went back the way, Ali. The working classes, 
the days when the unions fought to get um, decent living for working class people, it's all gone, it's went backwards. And we're now in a situation where a man can go to a job and stand outside and hope to be picked a zero-hour contract, come in and work for three hours and then get home and come back tomorrow and we'll decide whether we want you or no. This is what we're back to, Ali. And it's only because the people of this country have allowed it to happen. So which, why, why, which, which, which political party in Scotland then should be standing up for this? Well, it used to be the Labour Party, but the, the new Labour Party is nothing. You've got, you've got everything going on that you said is going on there. And the, the new leader of the Labour Party, Richard Leonard, wants us to get all out in the streets. And he sees his first priority as a new leader is to be out there with placards protesting at Donald Trump coming to Scotland. Surely he's, he's got his priorities wrong. Yes, he has, because you want to know what? Donald Trump is now a problem. Food banks and people starving in the streets full of people homeless. That's our problem, Ali. That's our priority. Get your home priorities, just boss. John, I'm going to leave it there only because we're running out of time. Let's go to Daniel. Daniel, good morning. Oh, Daniel's disappeared. Right, OK. Uh, can I get to Marion? Yeah, Marion's going to chat to us. Hello, Marion. Hello, Marion. Uh, Ali's the name. Yeah, I'm, that's OK. I'm that's actually okay. phoning up about this situation with Oxfang and everything. OK. Right. Now, I don't agree with giving it to these companies now. Their the bosses is getting over 100 grand a year. Now, I always thought when you give to charity, you gave to charity. It didn't go to the boss to run the charity. Mm-hmm. But they, they, yeah, they got a wage. So it doesn't even, even go to 40000 a year to run that charity. That's still with sixty grand, eh, 60000 a year, you know, for to give to the charity. Now, I raised funds, a lot of funds. For the biker's craft in Queen's area, it's a... Uh, oh, yes. A biker, yeah. you know, it's a I know where it is. I know where it is. Now, I'm giving a lot of money because the bikers collect the biker's clothes. They give me the biker's clothes, and when I was fit, I'm, I'm afraid I'm ill. I'm on the road out. Uh, when I was fit, I'd, I took that, the biker's clothes to car boots. Now, in the last couple of years, I've given about £4,000 over. Now, I give that over... And it all goes over there. Now, the biker's car then decides, well, you know, the, the RNLI gets a lot. Right. Because the RNLI gets no funding from Ma- anybody. Marion, I'm going to stop you there. I have run right, really out of time. And uh, Daniel, j- just very quickly, Daniel. Hello. Hello, Daniel. Very quickly, what's your point? My point is, Paul, right? I know a wee woman now who's set up a petition, see about the roads. Mm-hmm. She, she wonders why we should be paying road tax, because if we're paying road tax, then we should be able to drive in roads that aren't going to mess our motors up. You would just think that the, the, the roads would be taken care of because we are paying so much for them. Uh, Daniel, thank you. I have run totally out of time. Thanks to those, uh, David and Dundee, many others who've come in with uh, lots of texts at the last minute there. Uh, thank you very much. You're listening to Scotland's Talkin', the podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Scotland's Talkin'.